Welcome back to the Reach Your Peak Podcast Experience. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian and nutrition coach. And today, let's talk about a enemy when it comes to the nutrition world, a villain, so to speak. And that's what I call food phobia, okay, or food phobia culture. We're going to explore what this is today, why it's bad, and what you can do to overcome this. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Okay, so let's start with a reality. Okay, as a sports dietitian working with athletes, I see a time and time again where athletes fall off track due to a poor food relationship. And one of the causes of a poor food relationship is in fact food phobia or fear of food or fear of certain food to be more specific. But why does this happen? Because obviously we know what it is. I've just explained it in a nutshell. It's basically when individuals fear a certain food thinking that it's either unhealthy, going to make them gain weight, which is a big one, or going to prevent them achieving a certain result or that it's toxic for you. That's a big one as well these days, things like that. But why does it happen? Well, one of the biggest reasons is that it's perpetuated a lot in like, let's say society, people perpetuate it. You hear gurus talking about it all the time. You hear all these kind of people out there saying, this food's bad, this food's good. You have to eat more of this. You have to eliminate all of this one. And it just kind of grows from there. And that's when it becomes a problem because, I mean, there's two sides to this story. There's two ways to think about it. There's the the clean eating way, which is like you either just eat good food and the bad food you have to eliminate or the more flexible way of thinking about things where all foods fit, but some foods you just have to eat more of, some you have to eat less of and so on and so forth. I kind of fall in the second category. And that's why today I'm going to talk about why food phobia is a problem. I'm going to list out a few things. And I told you my own experiences with food phobia back in the day and then give you some real life examples of clients who have come to me affected by this, having a poor food relationship, like I'm talking seriously poor, and how they were able to overcome this. Obviously, within a podcast episode, it's hard to address every single thing. So I'm going to give you the baseline idea of what they started working on and what you can start doing next to overcome this. So why is food phobia a problem? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one, poor adherence. You probably think, okay, what do you mean poor adherence? Poor adherence to your diet plan. Okay, one of the biggest reasons that I see people fall off a diet plan is because they've mucked up for lack of a better word. They've eaten saying that they were told not to eat. And what that has led to them doing is going, well, you know, stuff it, all or nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to stop dieting. Okay. And then later on, they get back on track and it's just a yo-yo effect. Okay. Or what I call stuck on a hamster wheel of dieting. That's number one. So you don't adhere to your plan as well. Number two is overwhelm. If someone's overwhelmed, they're less likely to stick to something. When someone's overwhelmed, they're more likely to develop negative feelings about it. If someone's overwhelmed, they're less likely to actually have a sustainable approach. So if you're feeling overwhelmed because of your nutrition, you're not doing it the right way. Okay, your nutrition has to fit your lifestyle, not your lifestyle fitting your nutrition. And especially if you're fearing certain foods and worrying about this and that and not sure at the same time, you know, fearing things but not sure if it's right or wrong, that's going to breed overwhelm. Okay, so that's another reason you shouldn't be should be kind of going against food phobia. Number three is binging. This is huge. Okay, I couldn't tell you how many times this has happened where someone's told something not to eat something or they've kind of decided themselves they're going to cut it out, like carbs, chocolate, whatever. And then later on, they fall off track because they go, well, stuff it, I want it. And then you start wanting it more and more and more. And then you end up binging because you don't go just for a little bit then you go for the whole thing and then you feel guilty afterwards. And that keeps perpetuating food phobia even more. So that's a big one. Binging, it's saying that it really is a negative outcome as a result of food phobia culture. 
The next one is kind of something I've touched upon already a bit, but kind of needs its own, own point is unsustainability. Okay, so unsustainable diet practices are as a result of food phobia. This is huge because if you can't sustain a diet practice for a long period of time, then you're not going to get the results. Okay, that's the actual fact. You're not going to get the results because the truth is you have to be consistent over time and sustain your efforts to get anything good. Okay, there is no quick fix and then you're good. There is always work to be done. It's just that it becomes easier, more adaptable as time goes by. But yeah, food phobia will lead to an unsustainable diet practice, which is never a good thing when you want to achieve results as an athlete. And then finally, it's potentially unhealthy and unbalanced. The reason I say potentially is because technically, like eliminating some of the bad foods that people say are bad, like, you know, like processed junk food and that sort of stuff. Yes, it's technically not doing anything good for your health technically. So if you do cut it out and you can actually sustain it and it doesn't cause you to feel like you're deprived and restricted, it could potentially be okay. But it's potentially, and it's actually quite commonly unhealthy and unbalanced because it affects your mindset first and foremost, but also it potentially is not always food phobia around those kind of foods. There's food phobia around carbs. That's a huge one. And for athletes, that's a really big problem because they need carbs. So for example, if someone's cutting out all the carbs, pastas, rice, potatoes, breads, all that sort of stuff, not getting enough nutrients from whole grains, that can be an unbalanced diet. Especially for an athlete who needs it for fuel, it's not going to be a good idea. And potentially unhealthy, like I said, you might be missing out on nutrients if you're cutting out a food group. For example, dairy, if someone cuts out dairy, then they're susceptible to not eating enough calcium, for example. But also unhealthy from the mindset. You've got to remember when it comes to nutrition, that you're not just looking at your physical health, you also have to be looking at your mental health as well okay physical health is good and all but mental health is just as important and it goes alongside it so when you think about food phobia and what it kind of represents and what it leads to you can see how easily it not only affects your physical health potentially but also your mental health that's something to think about so now that's kind of like why in a nutshell food phobia is a problem but how did i experience and what did i do back in the day that kind of made me realize how much of an issue this was well quite simply back in the day this was this is before i became a dietitian even Oh, it's many years now, probably over 10 years ago. Okay, so towards like just after um, leaving high school. So what would happen is anytime I'd go to like a friend's birthday party or something like that that had the cake or food that I wouldn't otherwise eat or food that I was eating more often than I usually would, what would happen is I would fear that I would lose all my progress because I was trying to get leaner at the time and I would come home and I'd get on the skipping ropes or you know go for a run or something like that to, as a compensatory activity, okay, just to – to reduce the burden of what I had just done, kind of to blunt the, the response of what I had just done, so to speak. And this was an issue because it started perpetuating in my mind that, okay, food's just fuel, there's nothing to enjoy here, and I should feel guilty for the fact that I had one day where I ate over my normal intake. And I wasn't even counting calories back then, so I was kind of like all playing in the dark. I wasn't even sure what I was doing. And this kind of manifested itself where I was just being more and more restricted and I was just kind of over, always overwhelming myself and feeling like I was missing out. And, and also because I was eating less and less, I was also feeling like I wasn't feeling myself and my needs properly because I was so strict with, with what I was doing. Now, I wasn't like, you know, losing mass amounts of weight or muscle or anything like that, luckily, because it didn't manifest itself into an eating disorder. But what happened was that I was fearing certain foods. And later when I realized that I could have been eating those foods and still get the same results, I was like, oh, darn, like I could have been getting same results and enjoying food more. So lucky I found that out at a young age. So I was able to enjoy it from then onwards. And when I found out the flexible dieting approach, it was all good from there. It was all gravy. 
But that's just a bit of an experience of how I experienced it. But here's like a real life example of a, of a client who I worked with last year who came to me affected by dieting culture in a lack of proper advice and how I had to help her overcome this. And it all started with two big things. Number one, making her realize that there are no bad foods, okay? There are just foods. And you just got to be more strategic with some than others and you got to make it aligned with your nutrition plan and your strategy and your goals, okay? That's number one. Number two is I focused on building awareness for her by getting her to start recognizing calorie importance, macro importance, and how a flexible dieting approach can be useful, okay? How you can actually get results and still be more flexible and achieve what I call food freedom, okay? So there's two things that I kind of worked with her. But what happened with her was she came from another coach of some sort. I'm not too familiar with who they are. They weren't a dietitian. I'm not sure exactly what they were. And they got her in a plan to get leaner, but she ended up actually gaining a bit of weight, but she wasn't informed of the process and why that was happening. And at the same time, she was told she could only eat this. You know, she was given a rigid meal plan and all this sort of stuff. You know, you can just eat this and you can't eat that and all this sort of stuff. And it made her fear certain foods and just not know what, what is and what not. And when she left that and came and saw me, she was reluctant because her experience with dieting was so negative. She wasn't sure, okay, what's, this, what's different about this? Okay. What, what different outcome am I going to get from here? You know? And then when I slowly kind of took it back to the foundation level, explained it and kind of worked it step by step, built it kind of like a wall, that's when things were a lot more successful. I explained how there were no bad foods, how flexible dieting is a better way to think about things, obviously within context, of course, because even flexible dieting can be done to such a degree that it's not healthy either. So you got to think about it. It's contextual a lot of the time. But basically, we stripped it all down, built it back up, and slowly got her back on track. And she was able to start performing better in her CrossFit. She was able to feel better, feel more mentally better, happier, and all this sort of stuff. And she was enjoying food she wasn't enjoying for, I think it was over a year that she was doing it, food that she was missing. So that's a bit of a real-life example of a client who I helped for this. And now, what can you do if you feel like you're stuck in this food phobia kind of rat race, this food phobia hamster wheel? Well, quite simply, you want to start embracing more of a flexible approach to nutrition. Now, obviously, this is easier said than done. So if you do want my own personal help with this, please reach out. Okay, we're going to have a chat and see if I can, if I can help you, see if it, there's a good fit there to work together. There is details in the show notes below. But basically, at the most basic level after today's kind of podcast, what I want you to do is think about, are you actually thinking about calories, how are you thinking about the whole context and the strategy behind your nutrition and are there foods that you are cutting out but don't actually know why or cutting out but feel like it may not be actually true? Well, why not just try and introduce it a little bit in your diet and see how you go, okay? You might actually realize that, wait, this is not affecting my, nutri- <laughs> my, my nutrition or my body as much as I thought and you can actually start enjoying your diet a bit more. But yeah, with flexible approach to nutrition, it's basically where you – Within the context of calories and macros, you can fit in any food, but obviously still within the realm of 80-20, 80% you know, whole foods, 20% fun foods, and you go on from there. But that's just something to really consider is flexible dieting could be the thing to help you if you're someone who experiences food phobia, but you have to do it the correct way. So if you do want my help with this, reach out. I can let you know how that works and how I can help you because I'm a sports dietitian who uses a flexible approach for myself and for my athletes. And if that's something that you want to talk more about, let me know. We can get you started and go from there. But the main aim of today's podcast was quite simple. For you to realize that food phobia is a thing. For you to recognize that food phobia is a bad thing. For you to recognize that you need to overcome food phobia. For you to realize how it actually looks in the real world. And for you to kind of know 
in a nutshell, what could be the next step to help you overcome this. And I feel like I've addressed all, addressed all that. But if you do have any questions or any kind of thing that maybe you wanted me to address more of, just reach out, okay, email alexa at or just go to my Instagram and DM me there and let me know what you want to ask me. I'll help you out, okay? So just reach out. I hope the rest of your day goes well. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out my podcast. Hope it brought you some great value today. You can check me out on socials under The Climate Dietitian or on www.theclimatedietitian.com.au. I've got some great stuff out there for you guys, some free valuable content. So yeah, please check it out, guys. And yeah, until next time, thank you.